Welcome to the City Church Podcast, your home for all of the audio and sermons from City Church St. Petersburg. We meet every week at 10 a.m. at the Sundial AMC Movie Theater, 151 2nd Avenue North in beautiful downtown St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, So just the other day, I was watching YouTube with my kids uh, because right now, this is the sort of thing that we do on a regular basis. We, we sit around and we watch YouTube, we hang out, uh, we play games, uh, and we do all the things that we need to do besides um, go out with our friends and, and engage with a lot of people. And so we were watching one of our favorite YouTube channels, and it was a guy who regularly teaches science to kids, and quite frankly, adults who don't know as much about science like me, Uh, And he does it in really clever ways. So he'll explain how a super soaker works and then tell you about water pressure. And so he was doing some experiments with third graders to show why hand washing and social distancing are actually something that, that are helpful in a time like this. And so as he was showing that, he showed these experiments with this sort of ultraviolet goo that he had put on some of the kids. It was all really neat and fine and all of those things. And at the end of the video, he said, he kind of had this monologue where he somewhat seriously turned to the camera and said, now listen, if we just do all these things and then we let the scientists do their work, we've got this. We can all get through this together. We've got this. And it it was weird because as he sort of said this thing that was meant to be comforting, it oddly had almost the reverse effect Because here was YouTube science guy saying, let's just, we can deal with it. Everything's going to be okay. And I was thinking about some of my friends who have already lost their jobs. I was thinking about, I was thinking about my friends in the police department who have talked about the way that domestic violence calls have already spiked. I was thinking about my friends and some of you who have kids at home who are one week into this approaching your wits in. And science guy says, let science happen and everything's going to be okay. And, and while we at City Church are big believers in science, we are fans of it, there was also something so hollow about it's just going to be okay. And I think what struck me, what struck me is that that, that telling of the story, that science is going to rescue us, didn't answer the questions that I think most of us are asking. When when something like this happens, the kind of questions that we ask ourselves are questions like, how did this happen? What am I supposed to do now? What what are things going to be like on the other side of this? Those questions about the past, present, and future. Those are questions that no matter, no matter how quickly we're able to find a cure for this, no matter how well we're able to flatten the curve, as we've heard talked about a bunch, no matter how quickly our businesses go back to being open, no matter, no matter what we feel on those things, the questions of what do I do now in my house, 
the questions of what's this going to look like on the other side are still left unanswered. Because those are the questions that all of us go to in tragedy. And I was thinking this week about, about the people of Israel. And right before the people of Israel get to the promised land, Moses has led them out of Egypt. And after he led them out of Egypt, he took them to Mount Sinai, where God gave them the Ten Commandments, gave them the law. And then he led them as they established the tabernacle, as they were led by a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. And then God led them through the wilderness for 40 years. And then he led them, and Moses was not just their leader, he was also their priest who prayed for them in front of God. And he was not just that, but he was a prophet. He was their military general. He was their everything. And right before they get to the promised land, when they can see the promised land, it is just across the river, Moses dies. And those questions that we're asking ourselves, how could this happen? What do we do now? What's it going to look like in the future? All of those questions that we're asking ourselves are the questions that I am sure they were asking themselves. And what did they feel in that moment? Anxiety? Probably. Fear? I would guess. Maybe, maybe a new leader is going to fix it. Maybe, maybe some general is going to come along and get us out of this. What they were thinking, what they were feeling in that moment are oftentimes the exact same things that we're feeling right now. And, and so, just like the confidence that, that the YouTube guy was telling me about, that we're going to get this, if our confidence is just based on the stuff that's going on around us, it's going to be fleeting. You see, in moments like this, we're scared and we're anxious because our hope is in the wrong place. We're scared and we're anxious about what's going on because most of the time, whether we're a Christian or not, most of the time our hope is in ourselves whether it's in our own personal grit to be able to get through it, whether it's in our, our community's grit to help each other out enough. And when our hope is based on that, what happens is every decision, every new piece of guidance, every development washes that away. It is like standing in the the. the the part of this, the beach where, where the sand is so powdery and the waves keep, keep washing in. And what happens is that that sand underneath your feet keeps getting washed away and you kind of keep sinking deeper and deeper. If our hope is in the situation or ourselves, we're just going to have that keep happening. So we need something bigger. A moment like this, that is a significant moment that we will absolutely tell our grandkids about. A moment like this needs something more. So I want to show you what God says to the people of Israel and to Joshua in a moment almost identical to ours. And so 
Um, I'm going to read Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Um, at City Church, we would normally stand for this. If you're at home, I think you have the option to stay seated. That's just fine. Uh, but I want to, to seriously read this passage to you. It says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Here's where it gets interesting. Just like I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it from the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. As I read through that, on the one hand, it's quick for our minds to go to the fact that he said several times to be strong and courageous. But just as many times as he said to Joshua in the face of a tragedy, in the face of a national tragedy, as many times as he told them to be strong and courageous, he gave him a reason to be strong and courageous. The reason that he gave for him to be strong and courageous was that God was going to be with him. That was, that's the big promise that is happening here for Joshua. Think about all that he has seen Moses go through. If you're familiar with the Bible, you know that from the time they got to Mount Sinai until this very moment, Joshua has been Moses' right-hand man. He has been, even in this passage, called his assistant. And what does God say to him? Just like I was with Moses, so I am with you. And not only does he say, just like I was with Moses, I'm going to be, like, be with you. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. You see, that's one of the feelings. That's one of the emotions we have in a moment like this. It's that emotion of being forsaken, of being deserted, of feeling like we are all alone and that it's all up to us. But what God says to Joshua is the same thing he's saying to us this morning. Just like I was with Moses and just like I was with Joshua, I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. And then he says it again at the very end, 
that God is with us wherever we go. God's promise in the face of tragedy to Joshua and to us is his very presence. That's what Christianity has to offer. That's what God has to offer at a time like this. It's not that everything's going to be peachy king. Everything's going to be hunky-dory and fine. Know that whatever happens, God is with us. That God will never abandon us. That God will never forsake us. This is the promise that we have to hold on to. This is our anchor in this time. So, city church people, as you begin to think through, as you think through all that is going on in your life, whether it's the things that are going on occupationally in your life, what this is, that this tragedy is doing to us emotionally, or how we're supposed to approach this spiritually. Wherever you find yourself on those three things, the thing that keeps us anchored in is the fact that God is with us. That he is not surprised, and that he is with us. If you're tuning in this morning and you're not a I think my question to you is, what is your anchor? What is the thing that you are holding on to in this moment? What is your hope based on? Is it based on the fact that we're going to be able to get this if we just um, work together but separate? Is your hope that in the end everything seems to be okay? What is that? I think naming that allows you to think through it. Or maybe you find yourself in this moment without any hope at all. I think think we find ourselves in different places. But what Christianity has to offer in a time like this is hope. Hope that's not dependent on circumstances. Hope that is based on something Hope that is based on the presence of God. You know, I was thinking this week about the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Which takes place during the Depression. And and at one point in the movie, uh, two of the fugitives on the run from the law uh, decide to convert to Christianity. And the third member of their trio of escaped convicts that are going through this together, uh, the third member says, well, I guess it takes hard times to flush the chumps. I think maybe a, a more accurate way that we may hear it in times like this around us is that religion is just a crutch for the weak. And what, I, what I want to submit to you this morning is that that's not the case. Because all of us have something that we anchor our hope to. Christians are explicit about that. We're explicit in the fact that we don't have it all together. That we're not perfect. That we, that we doubt and that we waver. But what is consistent is something that's not dependent on us. And that is the presence of God. That God promised to Joshua in the midst of his death. And what happens is God shows Joshua how that presence is going to affect him internally 
and externally, but in a very specific order. The first thing that it's going to do is affect him internally, all the way down at the level of his emotions. Because what God tells Joshua is, I'm going to be with you, and because I am with you, here's some things. Be strong. Be steadfast. Unmovable. Resolute. which is something for us to be in this moment. There is a lot of panic. There is a lot of questions. But if we know that God is with us, even when things are hard, even when we, even when stuff is really bad, we have the opportunity to reflect on God's presence. And not be moved by all the other things around us. Not because we're good. Not because we're strong. But because of the strength of what we believe in. So he tells us to be strong. And then he tells us to be courageous. Courage is always born in believing something bigger than ourselves. Whether that is the courage we see in movies like, like a thin red line. Like, like, like those classic World War II movies or whether we see it in something else. Courage is always based on believing that there is something bigger than ourselves. And so the thing that is bigger than ourselves that we trust in is that God is present with us. Here's the rub. Here's the rub in my heart. Is I can say that. I can stand here and, and look at you and say, be strong and courageous. There's something bigger than you that you need to do. But as I found myself writing this, as I was writing this sermon, I was acting like everything depends on me. As, as this week has evolved, and even if you've been following City Church's communications through all this, you, you know that from Sunday to Monday to Tuesday, the guidance dropped every day. And then Wednesday, we found out that we weren't going to be able to we weren't going to be able to meet at the AMC. And then Thursday, we had more things. And you know what? I just noticed this morning, I, Apple alerted me that the time I spent on my phone went up 42% this week. And do you want to know why the time on my phone went up 42% this week? Because fundamentally, I spent this week not trusting in God. I spent this week living my life having to hustle? Did I spend myself, did I spend the week thinking, how can I practice the presence of God? How can I be thoughtful about God being present? And how does that make me courageous? No. I thought I didn't have time for that because of all the other things I needed to get done. Church, that is, that is exactly the opposite of what we need to be doing. To be courageous is to reflect the presence of God our lives, to those around us. But not just courageous, we're not to be terrified. Whatever comes our way, the presence of God can't be taken away from us. No matter what they quarantine, no matter what they shut down or keep open, no matter what we have to do or how isolated we are, 
presence of God is with us. This is, this is tough. This is especially tough for folks who are being quarantined against their will, who want to go out, who want to see others. I know how just about everybody who is watching this on TV would rather be watching this live with somebody else. But do not be terrified because they can't take the presence of God away from us. And we're not to be discouraged or dismayed. And I think for me, I think for us as a culture, this is the hardest thing. Because we're easily discouraged. We're easily dismayed. Our skepticism is looking for an opportunity. And the solution to this is not to just try harder. To say, I'm going to be not anxious. No. The solution for us in this time is to dwell deeply on the presence of God in our lives. And what happens we do that is it transforms us internally and then it transforms us externally. He told Joshua in this passage, do the commands of the law. Don't turn away from the things that I've written. Meditate on the law. Do the things that it says. And we as Christians need to make sure that we are thinking about this clearly. Because it's very easy for us to think, ah, if I do the right things, then God will be present for me. It's easy for us to think, if I just follow God's commandments enough and avoid enough sins in this time, that then I'll experience God's presence. And that is completely reversed. The way to fight sin in our lives, the way to see change in our lives, is to meditate on the gospel of Jesus and his presence in our lives. That comes first. And then, out of the overflow of that, it changes us internally. So our hearts become bold, courageous. We don't feel quite as dismayed, and we're not frightened. And then out of that grows us loving and serving others. But it has to happen in that order. It has to happen in the order of us being changed internally first and externally second, because we cannot earn or merit God's presence. And the reason why, the reason why we want to think that we can earn and merit it is because it is so unbelievable. That the God who made this universe, the God whose, whose hands hold together the very fabric of the cosmos, that God loves you and is present with you. We struggle to believe that. We struggle to believe that he's not going to forsake us because, because we look around and things look bad and we think that maybe he is going to forsake us. Our anxiety and panic show up quick. And that anxiety and panic is exactly what Jesus went to the cross for. It's so fascinating that one of the things that Jesus says on the cross is, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Jesus was forsaken on the cross. Jesus was abandoned on the cross so that you and I might be adopted. Might be adopted so that God would never leave our side. The reason why we can have the presence of God, even when we doubt, even when we struggle, even when our hearts are prone to anxiety and panic, I know mine is. The, 
steadfast love of God never ceases because of what Jesus has done for us. And so we anchor our hope in that. The call in times like these is to trust that God is present in our lives. He's present in our home, no matter how isolated we feel. God is present in our lives no matter what is going on in your life occupation. And the cool thing is, church, that this presence, the presence of God in our lives, lets us be creative. Let's us be creative in a moment like this. Because we don't have to be boxed in by the way that we've always done things. Rather, if we are asking the question, how can I faithfully live out the presence of God to my neighbors and friends, to my co-workers? We get to ask and answer that question creatively. We get to ask ourselves questions like, what does it look like for me to be a strong and courageous presence in downtown St. So how can we anchor ourselves more and more? We do that by reminding ourselves of the story of Scripture, and the story of the Bible that God is writing is still going on. That God is still present with us the way that he is present with Moses and then present with Joshua. And so we get to move that story out into our families and our neighborhoods, into the city. God is with us, city church. Even if we are social distancing, let's find ways to be the people of his presence for St. Petersburg, for our families, and for everybody who we come in contact with.